Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Hope you're staying safe. And I know these are uncertain times. Forgive me for messing with my mic there. I hope that wasn't too loud or anything. Um, let's see. Uh, we are ready. We are in Romans. We read chapter 11 last, where basically... Um, Paul talks of us being, you know, Gentiles being grafted in. Israel is still not, you know, discarded or tossed away, but by and large, he knows that the majority of them do not believe in Jesus, and uh, but they are not discarded. Uh, they are not, you know, um, I forget the phrase he uses, um, rejected. They are not rejected. Uh, it's the way he starts out chapter 11. So, but chapter 11, he's talking about the Gentiles being grafted in. And uh, it's just, you know, just talking about us being grafted in. And, and that's a, uh, it's a gift to us that we are, um, you know, being the children of promise of faith. We are grafted in through faith. We are, um, we are saved and added into God's family through faith. So, now there, from that thought, well, he does say, let me read the last couple of verses of chapter 11. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. So, because we receive everything from God and because we're saved through faith, this is how he's going to start chapter 12. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Or what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So here he is encouraging us to be transformed, to, to present our bodies as a living sacrifice by denying our earthly carnal urges, our sinful nature, and also to not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of our mind through the scriptures, in our case, through our Bible. They, they really were not as fortunate as we are in that they did not have the Bible as we do. <clears throat> Pardon me. All right. So that way we can be transformed by the renewal of our mind through the scriptures so that we will know the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Because God pretty much tells us, I mean, he lays it out. There are some scriptures in the Bible where it's black and white. A lot of other stuff is, is teaching to help us understand a lot of different things. But there are certain places, certain things, where it's just laid out in black and white what the acceptable, perfect will of God is. And it's all, it's all about love. It's about loving God, and it's about 
loving and taking care of each other. We're going to get more into that. So, verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ. Let me say that again. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Now, that last little bit's phrase kind of odd, but what he's getting at is that we're all members of Christ, and just like you have different parts of your body that perform different functions, we are not all the same, we're not all preachers, we're not all teachers, we're not all singers, we're not all musicians. I mean, that's even in a worldly way that's true, but but still in a spiritual way all those things are true. We're not all preachers, we're not all teachers. Um, you know, everybody has different gifts, different um, abilities, different talents, I like to say because of that one parable. We have different talents. We have things we're good at. I'm good at certain things. Maybe other people are not that good at th those things. And there's definitely a lot of things I'm not good at. <laughs> so um, that's just life. That's the way. That's the way this works. But we are all one in the body of Christ. We're all part of the body of Christ. We perform different functions. But get this too. Just like any natural body, we are dependent on one another. Think about your hand. Now your hand performs its own functions. It's pretty independent. It doesn't. You might think, well, it doesn't need the foot, the leg. But, if the foot and leg do not carry us to where we're going so that we can grasp whatever it is we need to grasp, pick up whatever we need to pick up, how's the hand going to get there? The hand cannot walk anywhere. Yes, some of you are talented and can walk on your hands. That is beside the point. <laughs> that is another story. That's totally different. You know what I mean. So basically, all parts of the body serve different functions but we're all they're all dependent on one another and we're all that way in Christ it doesn't matter and you may not know what other people are doing in their lives I know I don't I know just in the congregation I don't know what everyone is doing what things they do um, how they serve the Lord in just their daily lives they they may be setting examples showing acts of love I would not know I don't know everybody's daily life so um but we're all part of the body of Christ, and we're all individual members, but we are reliant reliant on one another. All right, let me move on. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our servicing, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation. Oh, and not all can be song leaders. Whew. I don't think, I don't know, I don't feel like I'm very good with stuff like that. But anyway, different. that's a different subject too. The one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. See, he, he lists out all these different things that people do, and this is not meant to be an exhaustive list. I mean, because you could, there's a lot of things you can do. But he mentions prophecy and service, like um, in service maybe... 
maybe you're being um, maybe you're doing things around well a deacon is really just supposed to be a servant of the church someone who tries to help do things for the church so you know you're, it's not that you're like the boss or anything no that's the elders and and even even the preacher is not the boss the elders are the boss you know so um you know um Anyway, you, you get the idea. We all have different talents and different things we're good at. And then some people, some people, they just work. They just, they work. They work really well. They, they show um, God's grace and love at their job and in the way they do their things. And they just contribute. And they contribute generously because they can. There's nothing wrong with that. There are people that, as near as I can tell, that may be their, their whole role just to exhibit Jesus or the Lord on a, on a daily basis in what they do and then they contribute and they just set that example and other people see them and, and recognize that. So that that also has its part to play. Alright, going to move on. This is verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Is this not the second time he's mentioned hospitality? I might be confused because I read. I did read ahead. I'm always trying to make sure I know what we're, what we're reading here. I know this is not like scripted or anything, but I do like to read ahead, so I'm, I know what's going on. Nonetheless, that is not. That's probably where I read earlier. So, um, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. So, here he's talking about, you know, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil. These are just, this is just how we should be. Love one another with brotherly affection. You know, when we get done, and I know right now, most people aren't even having church service, which I find distressful in a way, and I don't like. Um, it's not that we're ordered that we have to go to church and meet every week, and it's there's no there's no order for that, there's no command for that. But it's just that we want to, you know, <laughs> we want to go. It's it's a good habit, it's a good tradition, it's it's a good thing that we want to do, and we want to be with like-minded people, and we want to go. And sometimes after service. People might stand around and talk for half an hour or more, you know, after service, even on a Wednesday night. You know, we just we just never know, and that doesn't bother me. We all just hang out, and sometimes I don't even have anything to say. I'll just kind of stand and just listen to the conversations. People are just enjoying each other's company and talking about things, and like I said, we're all kind of like-minded. We're all uh, Christians trying to... Uh, trying to live in this world without being a part of the bad things in this world. You know, there are good things on this earth that God put here for us, and we're trying to enjoy those, definitely. So, um, anyway, <laughs> so you're talking about brother loving one another with brotherly affection, and, and then outdo one another in showing honor. In other words, um, in how we treat each other, and how we're respectful, and we honor others who, who uh, we see making efforts and doing things. We should be better about that. Um, 
Wow, and some of this I think of myself. I think I just am not doing enough. Um, do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord, you know. Um, being slothful in zeal, that would be... Slothful is being slow and maybe reluctant to act. But he's saying, on the other hand, you know, he's saying basically, do not do that. Be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. So, I mean, listen to all this. Rejoice in hope. Well, the hope we have is in Jesus and God. So, yeah, rejoice in that hope. Be patient in tribulation. We're going to have tribulations here. We're going to have problems. We're going to have troubles. Try to be patient. This is something I always am working on myself. Doesn't I'll be 100 years old and I'll still be trying to be patient <laughs> during tribulation. You know, we try to do the best we can. Um, be constant in prayer. Be constant in prayer. I, I don't know that we can pray enough. Um, I feel like a lot of times mentally I have a running dialogue with the Lord. I don't know if you can call that totally prayer, but a lot of times I think of that as prayer because I'm, you know, thinking to God or thinking of God and I'm trying to figure out something, maybe how I should be, what I should do, trying to understand something. Um, but anyway, I don't know if that's considered constant in prayer. I do pray every day. But it's um. But be constant in prayer. I think that's I think that's to maintain a connection with God. You know, to maintain that connection with God. Realize that He's the Lord is with you all the time. He says, "I will never leave you nor forsake you." You know, God sees and is with you all the time. He is omnipresent everywhere. So to keep all that in mind and stay constant in prayer and to try to keep those lines of communication open at all times, you know, <clears throat> because he's there. He knows. All right, going to move on. Um, oh, and well, no, I'm, I don't want to skip that. And then contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Well, contribute to the needs of the saints. We should try to contribute a little bit to our congregation, to the needs of the saints, you know, however that might be, whether that helps some in the congregation who are poor or if it just helps maintain the building so we can all meet together, um, or whatever. That's going to vary depending on where you live and what's going on and your social customs. That, that could vary a lot. So the needs of the saints can be a lot of different things. It could mean that you go and comfort and help, help them in other ways, in just normal, everyday ways. And then, and seek to show hospitality, which I think... Let me look in the Amplified to see exactly if there's some difference there. <clears throat> Though I read this earlier, and it said, I think it also just says, um, contributing to the needs of God's people, pursuing the practice of hospitality. So, you know, hospitality is where you're, um, you know, you're helpful and giving, and um, you're being hospitable to others, you're welcoming um, and this is not intended just for the saints. It says contribute to the needs of the saints, definitely, and seek to show hospitality. I think that is not just to the saints, but that is to everyone. We should be charitable, hospitable, kind to everyone. 
verse 14, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another. I'm going to stop there, even though we're not totally done with that verse. Um, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. This is something that Jesus also mentioned uh, in a different way possibly, uh, but not much. And then rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. You know, appreciate what other people are going through. Recognize what they are going through. Um, you can rejoice with those who are, who are rejoicing. Be happy for them that they have something good and wonderful going on, that God has blessed them. And you can weep with those who are suffering loss, who are sick and ailing or, like I say, I've suffered a loss, maybe a loss of a loved one or who knows. You can also weep with them, even if they've just lost a, a pet. For some people, they have a pet for years and years, and they're really attached, and, and it does really hurt their heart, and, it, and they are truly sad. And I know that's not the same as a person, and I'm not trying to say it in any way that it is, but you can appreciate their hurt anyway. Some people are very tender-hearted to their, to their pets, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. They're usually... Usually, if you're tender-hearted to your pets, you would probably be tender-hearted towards people as well. That may not always be the case, but you would think. You would think that would be the case. Let me put it that way. All right. So, um, so live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be conceited. Now, do not be haughty. Do not think too much of yourself. Do not be you know, all puffed up and full of pride and in yourself and think a lot of yourself. But associate with the lowly. The lowly is the humble. Associate with the humble and, um, you know, be counted, you know, because who you, who and what you hang around, you know, it kind of rubs off, okay? If you're around good, good people who are, um, who are humble, but, uh, kind and loving it kind of rubs off you know you kind of you will tend when you're around people whatever they're like you will tend to be more like that because you're kind of feeding on that a little bit and that becomes a part of you so when you're around people who are who are humble and loving you will be more humble and loving and if you are around people who are who you know, haughty and full of themselves, then you will start to be more haughty and full of yourself. It's just, it's hard not to be, you know. Somebody doesn't start out as the most hardened criminal in the world, but they start hanging out with the wrong people and they just gradually learn and accept more and more of that until they get to that far end of the scale where they're just a real hardened criminal. And while this isn't that, this is an example of that type of thing if you start hanging out with the right kinds of people and start paying attention and 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 sort of doing the things they're doing and following along with them well you're going to be more and more on the good side on the right side of things never be conceited just just really 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 don't think that much of yourself none of us are any better than each other you know, even if you think you're just the little toe of the body, you are just as important 
as the head or the hair or whatever part you can think of you are just as important you know your your little toe and your big toe and stuff like that they help with your balance and they help you walk and it's amazing how much you need these things but ask somebody who's lost their toe one of their toes and they'll tell you it, it makes a big difference to their walking so um repay no one evil for evil but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all now repay no one evil for evil we understand that do not avenge yourselves do not do that type of thing um, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all now sometimes and I have a hard time with this sometimes because we have a lot of liberty in Christ we have a lot of liberty but but some people haven't been taught or have misunderstood or just don't understand how much liberty and freedom we have and I'm not saying we have freedom to sin, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about freedom in the way we do things. They've been told that there's, you know, like a kind of like the Pharisees, they've been told and taught some traditions are the way you have to be and things that have to be done this way when that's not really biblical and it's not really true. And so they're caught up in these traditions and those beliefs. So sometimes, like Paul has done in Acts, if you remember back in Acts, and he even had Timothy, um, what's the word, circumcised, um, sometimes you have to do what is honorable and right in, in people's sight so as not to upset them so that they'll hear you and listen to you. It's not that you're trying to obey man or disobey God. It's just like you're, you're trying not to offend them, at least not purposefully. Now, sometimes you may have to say, look, this is not biblical. This is not right. And, and you may offend them a little bit. Sometimes in teaching somebody, yeah, there's a chance you, you may offend them a little and they may be upset. But that's okay. I mean, it's going to happen. But, uh, but by and large, we should try to do what is honorable in the sight of all. We should try to not, you know, not be doing that. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all beloved never avenge yourselves but leave it to the wrath of God for it is written vengeance is mine I will repay says the Lord to the contrary if your enemy is hungry feed him if he is thirsty give him something to drink for by so doing let me read that again if your enemy is hungry feed him if he is thirsty give him something to drink for by so doing you will heap burning coals on his head. Now this reference about burning coals on their heads, it has to do with an old Egyptian custom where they would carry a bowl of burning embers on their head um, as a sign of, let me, let me read this, I've got it right here. I'm, I apologize, I should never try to do everything by memory. <laughs> It's an Egyptian custom in which a penitent person, someone who was, you know, sorry about what they'd done, carried a bowl of burning embers on their head to show their shame and guilt. So, what he's getting at here is that by being kind to them and by not responding in kind, we may heap burning coals on their head. In other words, they might feel sorrowful for what they've done. They might go, oh, okay, this person is not not being mean to me they're not being hateful to me maybe I've overreacted maybe I've acted uh, incorrectly or whatever you know maybe they will repent and they will say oh well, I'm sorry I, I didn't mean to act that way 
And then when somebody, I don't know about you, I mean, when I've had to apologize to people because I mistook or misunderstood, and that happens. And uh, it's always good, you know, when you can when you can clear things up immediately and just say, "Oh, I'm I'm sorry, I just overreacted." And and the same on the other side, when someone acts that when someone acts that way and they say, "Hey, I'm I'm sorry, I was I was out of line," then you just have to say, you know, "Oh, it's all right, man. It happens to all of us, you know." It's man or woman doesn't matter. So do not overcome. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So, and I think that's uh, I think that's pretty understandable. Do not be overcome. Uh, the Amplified says, "Do not be overcome and conquered by evil, but overcome evil with good." And that's how we overcome the world. That's how we have the victory in Jesus. Is by really by overcoming with good, by following his example. He didn't overcome the world, though he could have, but he did not overcome the world by rising up and, you know, giving everybody the smackdown and taking over, which he could. He was God on earth in the flesh. Jesus could have done that, but he didn't. So... Alright, so, and this is a big part of what he's talking about here in the last verses here. You know, repay no one evil for evil. Never avenge yourselves. Um, and he explains why in that, you know, if we're kind to someone, even if they're being a little grumpy or hateful, or even if they're just being awful, if we're still kind to them, sometimes that act of kindness will, will break through, especially if they know you're sincere and you're you know, you're really not uh, trying to, uh, I don't know, antagonize or anything or uh, attack them or anything. Sometimes that will really break through. So this has been chapter 12. Now, just to give you a quick rundown, you know, uh, in, in this chapter 12, Paul talks of us being, um, given ourselves as a living sacrifice by, you know, not giving in to our carnal desires. And how each of us has a role in the, the body of Christ and in, in the church. And then he also talks about having our love be genuine. And that we really love and care for one another. We are dependent on one another. He also mentions that when you know, talking about the body of Christ. And then he says to, to bless our enemies and not do evil to those who do evil to us. But to respond in kindness and to not be overcome by evil. So that's the main points of uh, chapter 12. So I hope that has been helpful to you. I appreciate you listening. I want you to stay safe and uh, make sure you're, you know, make sure you're trying to keep you and your family safe and then, you know, watch out for others, the elderly, if they need any help or anything like that. Hope you have a wonderful day. And remember, God loves you.